Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. This season is sponsored by Luna, who offer holistic therapy courses that you can study from the comfort of your own home. Please visit their website www.lunacourses.com for more information. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Alex. And a happy December to you. Happy December to you too. I know, it's quite, uh, it's your favourite month, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've decided to make it different this month, but um, as you, I don't know why it is, every December, I normally get like, kind of overwhelmed with everything. I think, I said this on one of my personal Instagram posts the other day, and I don't normally pull out the single parent card, but um, in December, I do feel like it's a massive, massive strain, like emotionally, financially, to kind of get everything right. And then everybody comes to my house and it's, it's all for a freaking day. You know what I mean? Like, and they're not, like mine aren't little kids now that, love fat like believing father christmas even though he is real um, <laughs> if anybody's listening with little kids and they haven't got the earphones in <laughs> wow. see i've got all that magic of father christmas still so i guess it's different for me yeah i think well it, it is yeah it's um it, it's a love it's a really really lovely time i just think it can often be really overwhelming and then like last week i was feeling a little bit down and I've decided to kind of take my own advice if anybody saw a post that um we did on be sober instagram the other day it was that you don't have to be positive all the time it's perfectly okay to feel sad angry annoyed frustrated scared anxious having feelings don't make you a negative person it makes you human and I feel like especially even today doing this podcast I wrote on that post yesterday like you've got to be true to you you've got to feel them feelings and as I'm thinking about like right we've got to do this podcast oh pull yourself together you've got to be all right you've got to be happy you've got to do this and then I thought well I'm just being a hypocrite because I'm not being true to my own feelings I'm masking it I'm hiding it and I think it's really important to say that like if people, I know that I'm not on my own feeling shit at this time of year. Yeah, you're definitely um, not. Definitely you, not. You know, being positive, it's important. It is important. But also it's important to kind of own your feelings, accept them and learn to kind of sit through them as well. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get that out there quickly um, <laughs> in case anybody expected a happy jolly Lisa today. Because I think they did a Um Yeah. Yeah, I, right. I do think you'll actually have a happy jolly listen because um, we're going to talk a little bit today about like celebrating and missing out. And the reason this has come up, this is completely from my point of view. And I just said to Lisa this morning on the phone, let's talk about Christmas without alcohol. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but there's a real reason for this. And, and I've, I've heard directly through my coaching and through our email directly that people have found even putting the Christmas tree up triggering. Yeah. And, and honestly, at least three people, maybe more, have said to me directly, oh, you know what, I put my tree up. I couldn't believe how much I was triggered putting it up. And um, on the email we got this morning, the lady actually says why it is. And this is what I've been saying. Well, if you if that's what you've done for 12, 15, 20, 30 years, you've always had a drink when you're putting the Christmas tree up. It's going to feel part of that experience. So the advice that I've been giving out is, look, when you're feeling that, 
write down everything you love about Christmas minus the alcohol. What is the whole Christmas experience about for you? And yes, I know that it brings stress and it brings a lot of other emotions, but just try to focus on everything you love about it, especially if you're someone who generally loves Christmas. What, you can't possibly only be loving the fact that you have wine with your Christmas dinner and wine we're putting your tree up and wine on Christmas. You can't, that can't be it, can it? Can it? <laughs> it's a real tough one, this, because this will be my third sober Christmas. And I remember on the first one, um, my eldest two were more kind of old enough to drink, maybe not Ben, but he did anyway, particularly a lot that year. Um, and I was furious. I remember being furious at people like drinking around me on my first, but that was because it were my kids, not just general people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it felt really kind of flat, like a little bit flat. Yeah. Like even cooking dinner, because every single Christmas I'd got up and I'd opened a bottle of um, champagne and I did it with orange juice in the morning with Tom. That's what I did. What so a good, bottle. absolute waste of orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, it is now. But no, that is what we've done. So by the time I was cooking dinner, I was always a little bit tiddly anyway and definitely always tired. Um, but so my first sober Christmas was actually my first single Christmas and my first sober Christmas. So it felt kind of just real. It was difficult. It was quite difficult. And it yeah. weren't that I wanted a drink. It was just like, oh, right. This is my life then. It's just it's one day, which is it. obviously clearly stuck with you for the last two years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, actually, this is what I came to realise, Alex, is the year after was the Christmas um, when my dad died just before. So obviously that held quite a bit of emotion that I didn't realise had gone into that time. Do you know what I mean? But what I did is the second Christmas, I decided to turn the word from flat to peaceful and I had another year of sobriety under my belt so I kind of I just really I really enjoyed it I loved everything about it I loved being present for people I loved listening and talking and just just being there and fully there do you know what I mean and so I like, your, it was our first joint sober Christmas so we did quite a bit of drinking non-alcoholic drinks at your house and things like that and dancing on your table in work if you remember and stuff yeah like that. we did yeah yeah because that's because this podcast charted yeah yeah like we actually charted and we were so excited like, like Mongolia or something <laughs> yeah no it, it came up on my time hop that on something no, it, it well, was a funny country. But yeah, we, we, we was like um, in front of Stephen Fry. <laughs> we like, yes, come on. It, it was only like for about a week, but that's not the point. You know, we had our moment. <laughs> yeah, we did. So we danced on tables with our non-alcoholic drinks. <laughs> Do you know like, I was thinking about this and obviously, like I say, I've got a four-year-old, so we leave the reindeer, the carrot, and we leave the mince pie. Now, when, yeah. my, when I was little, I'm sure my mum and dad, Obviously, I know why now, and I won't go into this because I'm sure you can all read between the lines. But they used to leave Father leave Father Christmas a brandy, right? So um, that was kind of a tradition that I carried forward and would leave him 
whiskey, brandy, wine, anything really. That because um, you know it's Christmas drink. Bailey's. He's had Bailey's. He likes a Bailey's. Yeah, family. yeah. But um, I've changed that now, and we leave him milk. Which, when my older kids asked me, "Well, why are you not leaving him um, a Bailey's this year?" and I was like, "Because I've reconsidered, and I was just thinking that he really can't be driving that sleigh pissed." I didn't say piss to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you are right. You know, it is something. This is something that is ingrained into us, isn't it? Yeah. From being little, leaving Father Christmas like a whiskey. Um, but yeah, it would be absolutely slaughtered. And I don't think there's anything wrong in showing our children that it's not um, a very good thing to drink, drive. It's a complete hazard going down chimneys when you're drunk. <laughs> What? I said he's a complete hazard going down chimneys when you're drunk. That's what I mean. It is. Yeah, it's yeah, not all right. Your ass on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, right, I was this has all got me thinking about when I was little and my mum did a great job with the decorating the house. You know, back, think back to 80s. I'm talking 80s streamers across the ceiling and oh, the, like, what, they, what, what they got yeah, like paper chains and stuff yeah, like that. And the dangling lanterns. I mean, we were tack on legs, I'm telling you. It was Pull on, like tacking. You know, I can see your house. I can actually (laughs) see your house right now. (laughs) They are so visual. But this particular year, we must have been a bit older. And my mum had put the tree up. She'd put the lights and the tinsel on. She decorated the front room, and she had to go out to work. Probably, I don't know. But um, she'd said to us, "You two decorate the tree." So me and my sister did. And honestly. The, the reason that I thought of this, by the way, just to put some context to it, is on Facebook the other day, I saw um, a conversation. It wasn't in a sober group between women saying, there's no way my kids are touching the effing tree, right? And, and they, these people get so possessive over decorating their own tree, you know? And I was thinking, my mum was never like that. She used to full on get us involved. And just the other day when I put my tree up, my kids decorate it. Like, that's just part of the tradition. So for me... I've never had wine put in my tree up, so it's not been a problem because it's always been about getting the kids involved. And when I think back, actually, it's probably one of the few occasions that didn't involve alcohol at my house growing up. It was just what my mum and us did. So, um, yeah, we decorated the tree and it had, and I am not kidding you, it had My Little Ponies in it, Flower Fairies, Oh, are you lucky? I I never had fl- I've always wanted all the flower fairies, but I have got like a, it would be now the B and M version. I think the flower <laughs> yeah. fairy, like oh, yeah, I would fall off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone got Mr. Frosty, and I got something like Mr. Fristy Frosty Whisky or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I usually did, but my nana. Um, she just loved fairies. And she was convinced my granddad saw fairies, which he probably did when he'd had too much whiskey. But he'd... Um, hey, you never know, Alex. You I know, I tried keeping up, man. But anyway, yeah, she just loved fairies. So she bought me, she used to buy me flower fairies for all my birthdays and everything. Oh, so I did have a... I'm surprised you don't remember my flower fairies. I was playing with them until I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did love flower fairies. I had a friend at school and um, she... <laughs> She had like every single thing from the flower fairies. And I used to love going to her house because she had everything, the castle, the garden, everything. And I remember once, right, they had like this little elf. And this was before Elf on the Shelf, like way, way before. I'm talking like 30 years ago, 35 years ago or something like that. And I remember seeing a dad 
move this elf and he just went shh and um what he used to do is she used to say that that blooming elf it follows us everywhere i can't believe it and he used to plant it you know all around the house and i probably just remembered that actually it's quite a nice memory but now they have like the elf on the shelf which does the same thing so it was invented years and years ago by my friend's dad actually that (laughs) <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe now he's mega rich because he's developed Elf on the Shelf. Is it him, really? Uh, no. Oh, okay, it's not him. <laughs> so anyway, moving on from that, let's have a think about, Lisa, which occasions we've really thought, right, I need a drink, and then we've ballsed up. So the one that I thought I'd talk about first off is my 40th birthday. So I just want to share the mindset around this. And it's very, the reason I'm doing this is because it's very similar to mindset around Christmas. So this was my dream for my 40th birthday, right? I'd practiced singing with a band that we'd formed at work. We had a drummer, we had people on guitars and I was singing three songs. Can't remember what they were now. Um, But three songs, we're going to sing them. We'd rehearsed after work for weeks we had it spot on it sounded really good it was it was going so all I had to do was stay sober till nine o'clock right nine o'clock you're going on stage you're going to sing your three songs and then you can relax okay it went badly downhill from 1 p.m okay (laughs) so the first thing was my hairdresser came round to the house she did my house up not my house up she didn't do my house up she did (laughs) I wasn't a hairdresser she did my hair and it was, my hair looked beautiful. It really did. It was all tied up. I looked, if you've seen the photo of me on Instagram where I look like a melted dead Barbie doll, then that's not what I look like at the start of the night. <laughs> I took that little video, do you remember? Yeah. I don't remember, no, but I know about it. <laughs> so I had, I opened a bottle of Prosecco that had been bought the week before for my birthday and we shared the bottle of Prosecco. That was fine. Now, this is the thing about alcohol. Because if you believe in normal drinkers, which now I completely don't, but that's how our, that's how our impression of a normal drinker, isn't it? Share a bottle of Prosecco, the end. You feel quite nice. You've got that little bit of a buzz. You're a bit like out of control. When you're a drinker, I'm talking, I wouldn't want to go back there. You're like, yeah, this is nice. I'm loosened up. I'm feeling good. But what does that bring? It brings the want for more, doesn't it? Yeah, we're just greedy, aren't we? It's freaking well greedy. Because then I proceeded to prove this point. And I went up to the beauticians and had a full face of makeup done. My eyelashes put on. Again, looking fabulous. Two glasses of Prosecco in there. So by now I've had a bottle to myself and it's four o'clock. Yep. So then I thought, well, I don't want to get a hangover. This is the shit that you tell yourself. I don't want to start getting a hangover too early. My party starts at seven. It's four o'clock. I might feel a bit groggy. So I'll have a glass of wine with my evening meal. I'm going to line my stomach. (laughs) By the way, then lined the toilet later on. So I lined my stomach right. This is what I did. I had another glass of Prosecco and then I get to the party now, what I hadn't realised at the time was, I thought, well, I won't mix my drinks. This is plan This is plan number two. So I've lined my stomach. That's, that's safety net number one. And the next safety net is don't mix your drinks. So right, I'm going to stick with Prosecco. <laughs> yeah, 12.5% Prosecco. Good plan, Alex. So behind the bar, they sold those miniature bottles, which is about a couple of glasses in it, isn't it? Yeah. 
on every photo of me on my 40th birthday, there's me with a glass in one hand and the bottle in the other, every single one. Yeah. And, the, and you only had to look at my present table, which was lined with at least 25 bottles of Prosecco to know that that's clearly how people saw me. Yeah, exactly. And can I add that they got drunk the next day round at my follow-on party to kill the hangover that I had. Oh. So it wasn't just a day. This was like a full weekend thing. So anyway... I ballsed up the singing really badly. Forgot the words, couldn't even stand up straight. The last memory I have is walking up to a table with my family on it and my auntie saying, how are you going to sing? And it must have been about half eight. And I was like, I'll be right. She's like, you can't speak. And I was like, I'm fine, fine. Remember being like that so early on. That's so weird. Well, you, you wouldn't have had many, would you? Because you were having to get home, but... No, we stopped over. I mean, my mum came oh. over and we stopped over. So we... That's that, she had loads. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I was hammered and I was hammered by nine o'clock and then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse um looking back I was probably a bit embarrassing I remember going over to tables and talking to people um I remember falling on the floor at the end of the night and my little girl who was you know only a 10 or 11 then was like you all right mummy I was like I'm fine like I then got put in a taxi by my husband with the three kids one of whom was only a little baby he wasn't even I think he was about 13 14 months old he was tiny got home and then passed out and I was vomiting for hours I missed my after party got up the next day felt absolutely awful so of course I had to have some Prosecco it's the only time I've ever had or one of the only times I've ever had air with a dog but yeah, my, my moral of that story is it, that was not did, that didn't add to my night. It stole it. It absolutely stole my night. I'm devastated. It's awful, isn't it? You know, I've still got a Christmas when I must have been 18, 18 and nineteen, and there's still bits of that. We had um, we had the pub at the time, and then um, my eldest daughter's godparents had a party. And I went there. Was it? I think it was like Boxing Day. And I just remember, it's not even a big story, this, honestly, because I can't fully remember what happened, but I got so, so drunk. And I woke up, and that was one of the first times I remember being so ashamed of myself and what I'd said and what I'd done and how I'd acted and. And, and the flashbacks and that was when I was they were eight I must have been either 17 or 18 and it was awful I hated it but that's when my shame days I think must have have started yeah it took me till I was like 39 to stop drinking why didn't it click in sooner because I think you just blame everything else and you say oh yeah it's just a one-off well it was an occasion so I was gonna get drunk you know it's like that one though Alex it was an inside shame you know like you have a shame right where you talk to people about it and you say oh my god this happened and that happened yeah and then you make each other feel better about it and say oh don't worry because I've done this it wasn't I remember nobody talking about it but inside feeling so ashamed of myself it's just like, it's weird. Did you ruin the night for everyone else or just for yourself? No, I think just for myself. I just hated it. I just woke up just hating it. And then I think that's, well, like I said, where the shame kind of started. But I can't think of any occasions where I've planned, because everything was always planned around drink. It's, so I've not, yeah. apart from, 
my wedding. Oh, yeah. I got really drunk then. And that was like, yeah. But was that not just to blot it out and you were happy you blotted it out? <laughs> Probably. Oh, no, it was such an amazing, like... Beautiful venue, wasn't it? Place. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I'd do that again, but with somebody else. <laughs> Anyone want to marry Lisa just for the experience of going to Northern Ireland and having the view? <laughs> it was so amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I just mustn't be able to think of anything right now of... Do you know another one for me that I ruined? And again, it wasn't planned to be sober. Obviously, it was New Year's Eve. And I, I, I remember the it, it was Millennium Eve. So I was 21. And I, I just felt, oh, I'm 21. I'm seeing in the Millennium. This is amazing. You know, like, it's what a perfect time to see in the Millennium. Which, by the way, how many years ago is that? 21. I can't even believe it. It's ridiculous. 21 years. We're so old. But anyway... <laughs> I can't believe it's 21 years. Like, I remember being in high school and having to draw what we thought the year 2000 would look like. And I was, like, drawing spacemen and stuff. (laughs) And that was, like, 21 years ago. It's mad. And then... I remember being in primary school and this lad, we used to have like table monitors in my the, in the dinner hall and like the year sixes who were then, I don't know if they were calling used to do that job? Well, they, I don't think they chose, I think they had to do it. So all the younger kids, one from each year group, would sit around the tables and then this table monitor would just making sure you behave. And the head teacher used to come in and like make you eat in silence and stuff when he was in oh, a back room. He even slippered kids, he slippered us. I never got it because I was a goody-goody, but... People did. Like, I remember this one girl called Zoe. I won't give a surname. But she used to get whacked on a regular basis. I don't know what she yeah. did wrong. It was a lad in my primary school, actually. And he got the two-finger tap on the side of the head quite a lot. That's her. horrible. Well, I don't know. They're just as strict these days, but more mentally than physically. Mental torture nowadays. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> these these um, table monitors, I remember him telling us that the year that in the year 1990... The world was going to end, and actually being terrified, really frightened that the world would end in 1990. You we talked till 2020 instead. Yeah, now we killed it all off with this BS that's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, New Year's Eve was the point. So, um, yeah, I'd gone out, and I was, I, th- I was about to get, uh, maybe I'd already got married. I can't, oh yeah, I'd got married. I was already married to husband number one. And it was our first New Year's Eve married together. So there was loads of things to celebrate. And for months and months afterwards, there was a photograph pinned in the local pub of me and him asleep in the corner at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, like, I think I managed the conger at midnight and just after fell asleep in the corner. So I didn't see that one in either. And he fell asleep. I mean, that photo was up for years, years. And I loved it. I loved that photo. I thought it was well funny. (laughs) That's it. We do do think it's dead funny. And I think it would be a bit contradictive to say, you know, some things I do still find quite funny. I do. (laughs) Even though some things were really dangerous, looking back on some events still makes me quite laugh. Do you know what I mean? But I haven't really got Christmas and... And New Year stories as such, because Christmas, I had Bethany when I was like 19. Then Ben and uh, then Olivia. And so I've I've always been a mum since being really young. 
And New Year's Eve, I always worked. I always worked behind a bar or in a care home. or I, I always chose to do that. One, because it it was always double time. Yeah. Uh, in pubs, I used to see, I saw it from such a young age, what went on on the other side of the bar. I found it, because then days when you went out, the bars were ram. They ram, were they? Just like, it, oh, yeah. yeah. There was no space, there were no... So I, I didn't really ever get that drunk over Christmas, ever, apart from that Boxing Day, which shamed me. So I'm, it must have stayed with me forever, that. Yeah, I reckon you're, you're probably right. Do you know when, when um, after that, I worked every New Year's Eve, and do you know why I worked? I used to work in the Falcon, and I worked so I could get served. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why people used to offer to work. See, I didn't really drink behind the bar either. Only because once I got drunk down the bar and I cocked everything up and I, I, I was really proud of my job as a bat. Like, I was well good. I could pour, like, four pints at once and get the shots. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> you can't do That's that. you're the shot expert. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was like proper good. I really enjoyed it. I was like proper speedy Gonzales. So once I got drunk and I vowed I wouldn't do it again. So I was quite good at kind of making cock-ups and then learning from them apart from not really. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know though, that's true about the New Year's Eve because I didn't drink that many, but if I wanted one, because I didn't drink a lot then really, which is why probably I allowed myself to carry on when I did have these big blowouts because it was that rare. But yeah, I got the... um, I'd get myself some Arsenal Lager and this one guy on one of the New Year's Eves, he was absolutely smashed. Looking back, I've done somebody an absolute moral injustice between oh, me and God, two yeah. bar people. And he just tipped this money on the bar and he said, I want, and he ordered whatever he wanted and you lot share the change out. And I swear to God, in coins, there was about 80 quid between three of us. And we just took it. Take it you tight, Casey. What you know what I'd have done in my barman days? What would you have done? I'd have got it all together, put it in a bag, put it in the side, wrote his name on it, and when he was sober, I'd have gone, here, you nearly give all this away, you daft sausage. You'd have given it you anyway then, wouldn't I? I wouldn't I wouldn't have took it. I couldn't take a tip, me. Like and people <laughs> I was this person, right? Get one for yourself. No, I'm all right, thank you. And everyone used to go, why do you not take tips? And I'm like, I don't know. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. So like now and again, I'd have a drink or whatever, but I wouldn't even take like a tip off anyone. Well, there's the um, complete opposites of track scenario. Because if they said take a tip, I'd make sure I bloody got a drink out of it. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, every time. And... But that that occasion, there were four of us behind the bar. Yeah. And it was a busy New Year's Eve. There's no way that we wouldn't have split tips because there's no way four people would all agree to not do it. Do you know what I mean? We had a massive jar on there, shoved it in. We used to make a fortune on New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's always good money on New Year's Eve. Yeah, always make loads in tips on New Year's Eve. Like, I'm talking, you'd you'd hit like 70, 80 quid each, which when you're 18, 19 for one night plus your bath wage, you'd be be laughing. You'd be quite happy to go out on the 2nd of January and miss everyone else. You know, what I was just thinking then about Christmas as well and people is for a good few years when I was married to my second husband, I love how many marriages we've got between us, it's so funny. (laughs) Almost as many kids, almost as many kids. (laughs) But I used to dread Christmas, another reason why I dreaded Christmas was because I knew after his Christmas do 
that was it then. I'd lost him till January. It was of no use to me. It was selfish, pissed, annoying. And that was me. You're just describing your marriage. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think, but I just think, I wonder if other people are a bit like that because these Christmas do's that people are having and these workplaces think it's all right to give unlimited drinks are actually ruining people's bloody Christmases because he used to have a works do and it was like, right, free drinks all night. And then they thought they were the bee's knees. So they'd have like bottles of Grey Goose on the table and all the most expensive drinks in the world and then he would go on his Christmas do definitely not come on that night maybe the night after but then because he felt so ill he would literally that's him on holiday now it's his holidays worked hard all year he would get up he would have hair of the dog and he'd be just pissed then all the way till Christmas and it would just horrible it was so even though I said that Christmas was my first as a single parent it wasn't really yeah yeah, like once I'd be I was working and it was something like I'd delete I'd got I think I've said this on another podcast actually but I'd ordered my shopping I was so busy like so so busy trying to get everything sorted done my shopping online for the first time and all he had to do was get up to let the shopping in I was like leave it I'll put it all away everything and he didn't and I I didn't get all my Christmas it was just it was just a nightmare the whole lot of it I hated it it was shit that's probably why you have such bad feeling around December then it's like an inside feeling of like I feel like it's just a lot of let's get ready let's do the this is what you get from everywhere I think let's do this ready for Christmas let's finish that before Christmas why don't you just do that before Christmas get all this shopping in before Christmas do this before Christmas yeah. like fuck off <laughs> The end. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, Lisa, that was gonna just fuck off. <laughs> oh, do you know what though? I think sober Christmases, as much as like they're daunting, and yes, it's a stressful time, and they are scary. There is a lot to be said. Before we move on to our top tips, I just want to say something that it's in my head, and I've got to say it. Do you know I would say when I called you the shot queen before? Yeah. Well, that photo that we've put up on Instagram where it says, you know, get up, bitch, it's time for shots. And, all, and then it's like, I'm dying, I can't. Yeah. That is definitely how we used to be. Like definitely. You used to honestly, I hated shots and you and I would already be feeling really sick. And like, I would, might have even been sick in my hand or anywhere. And you'd have been like, come on, sort your head out, we're going for shots. It'd be awful. Like, I I don't know why I did it, because I hated shots. You know what it was? That was my own rebelliousness, rebellion against myself, because I hated them. So I knew I'd have to be really drunk to have a shot, right, to even have one. And then I'd have them. And then what I'd do is I'd tell myself, right, you're not having shots because you're not. And then I'd think, like, after a few drinks, who, who, who are you telling you what to do? Have a shot if you want a shot. So so I used to have like this internal argument, but then I weren't happy doing it on my own. So I'd get everybody yeah, shots. But when I would have shots, 100% is because I wanted to numb things out. 100%. I weren't doing it. I would never have shots for fun. There'd be something going on 
with me that wanted to get hammered that night or wanted to blot out something. Do you know what I mean? It never ended well, though, did it, when we had shots? Oh, ne- <laughs> does it ever? Has it ever, ever, ever ended well for anybody that's had a shot in their life? I am not having it. I once got sick in my own mouth through having that aftershock. That is disgusting. Every, everybody, right, in the... <laughs> <laughs> Every, the aniseed one like that tasted like fireballs everybody I used to take that to parties or the oh. people used to take a bottle of wine and I used to take bottles of aftershock just to get everyone pissed oh right I hate that drink I hate all drink but I hate that and sambuca and tequila in fact I just hate shots oh get the worst Tequilas really well. I used to just hammer out tequilas, no problem. They used to make me feel a bit sick, but it was fine because I'd just keep them down. But after shot, this one particular year, we had them all lined up, about 10 of us, and we had to do three on the run each. And by the third one, I was actually sick in my mouth. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. Sorry. Do you want me to tell you another ticky story, right? And this was in the day. Oh. No, honestly, I need to tell it. <laughs> right, I was work. This is one where I've been working. So I'd been working, and after work, in the day, on a it was around Easter time because the fair was on up at the lake and I'd had a couple of halves of lager in the day and then decided that I was taking the landlady's niece up to the lake. She wanted to go. So she'd said, will you take her up for me? I said, yeah, that's fine. So she was still paying me by the way. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have done it because I'm a selfish bastard. But anyway, I did. (laughs) I went up there and she wanted to go on the waltzers and I was always dead good on fast rides and I saw a girl from school with her little boy I think you know this story went on the waltzers with this little girl and when I came off I actually the girl from school who I'd never got on with at school came over and was like hi Alex and I must have been sat there looking green and she was like will you just watch my bag while I take my son on the waltzers I was like "Ah, yeah and while she was on the waltzers I was vomiting down my own leg oh that is disgusting that's a drink one ish Oh, no, a waltzers one. Yeah, yeah, probably a waltzers one. <laughs> I used to love the waltzers. I did, I did. <laughs> so, we, go on. Uh, I was just going to say, years ago, that again, I must have been 16, 17, um, we went to town with the karaoke guys and did tequilas. And we did, honestly, looking back, it was so dangerous. We just did one after the other, after the other. And I was like, I thought I was the bee's knees, like, because I could do them. I thought I were well good. I genuinely inside thought, look at me being able to do all these shots. And then one of them, he got, he got chucked out and we had to literally carry him to the tack oh it was awful it was in such a state and looking back like now I've never thought of this but I caused that oh that's bad that isn't <laughs> he, it? he didn't have a funnel to his throat you know I know but he was trying to keep up and I were pretty good at him you were very good at him <laughs> you were the oh. best person I know at him Oh, it's disgusting. Well, when we lived in Cyprus, that's how I got my job. They said... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty good for someone who's got no stories. <laughs> yeah, y- Jaeger bombs, like, weren't a thing then. And I'm sure they came out in Cyprus before they ever came out over here because nobody knew what they were when I moved back home. No. Um, there was like, I went for the interview behind the bar and there was like, yeah, but can you do a Jaeger bomb? And I was like, I don't know what one is, but yeah, of course I can. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, a bomb, a shot, I can do it. <laughs> and I did it. And then and then I became like the queen of Jaeger bombs in That's the bar. Funny. 
Well, did you have Jaeger bombs when you were working behind the bar? Yeah, but only at the end, though. I wouldn't do it before. And then, I, this ain't good. I would drive home. That is that is normal for Cyprus, so how bad is I know, that? and it was. like I wouldn't have dreamt of doing it all for it, but it was just normal. So I'd have a few Jaeger bombs. And then you do it because the... The streets are different, and this is no excuse. Nobody's on them, are they? It's not all right. Well, when you say nobody's on them, right, the police aren't there, are they? That is why well, you do it. Well, Lisa, you say that, but I once, well, first of all, once I nearly ran over a cat, so I've just said no one was on them, but I nearly ran over a cat on the street because, they, they, and there was a woman at the side of the road flagging me down. I wasn't drunk that time, but thankfully it went in between my car. But oh, I'm like, like, like so not, sad because so many animals get run over in Cyprus. My dog died in Cyprus. Oh, <laughs> He escaped. That was drinking. That was me drunk. That was awful. That We had a massive argument outside my house, me and my ex-husband. The dog escaped and he ate poison and we found him the next day and I, I just went to bed I wasn't even out and I loved that dog like you know proper loved him but pissed up it's just went out the window our responsibility you can't yeah. deal with things the same can you you don't give a shit it's just you, 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 I, I have got so much guilt surrounding that because basically my drunken behaviour killed my dog who I loved well my oh, dog because I, I came home once drunk with um with my boyfriend again I think I did all my drinking at like 16 17 because it was it was around the same time and my cat got run over and then and then I don't I'm not even going to tell the rest of the story because I don't think it's all right well that's not all right is it about my dog but I've told it do you know do you know the other thing that I'll tell you if you don't want to tell the rest of your story is you were saying then about the police not being there but once another drunken occasion so me and a girl I met there called Sarah went to the bar we ended up meeting this guy who we kind of knew by face in there and he said do you want to come for food after the pub closes so we were like yeah and thinking about it he must have had an absolute skinful it was half Cypriot and he drove and we were in the back of the car and he got pulled over by the police and breathalyzed and he was definitely over the limit yeah. But he managed to bribe the police with money to let him go. That is true. It's mad, that, isn't it? That is absolutely... And I was sat in the back of the car thinking, oh. And I said to him something along the lines of, like, oh, I'll have to remember that. And he said, oh, no, you'd need to be Cypriot to get away with drink driving. If they caught you in your English, you'd be banged up. That's wow. what he said. <laughs> but then again, they also put the prices up in the shops near me for us. <laughs> Yeah, they were naughty for stuff like that. When when we lived there at that time, it was very um, old-fashioned, if you like. Like, they treated women very, very differently. The men, I know that when we got our car, the, the dealer wouldn't even speak to me, would yeah. not speak to me. And then when we went to, like, kids' birthday parties, all the women would be inside doing all, like, the, the like, women gossiping thing and all the men would be outside smoking and drinking yeah we were the same wherever we went with it so it was a funny culture but I mean that was back like you know 12 12 years ago and I'm sure things have probably changed now well I hope they have but yeah we were the same and that's probably why my walk of shame on a regular basis didn't go down well when I was walking past old ladies houses sweeping the floors at six in the morning and tatting my dress and one heel tottering along like some sort of down and out <laughs> oh, you know what Alex I'm just um 
dead conscious of time for this because we have a really important meeting. So before we go for that, let's just give people a couple of practical tips to carry into the Christmas festive week of how you might get past some of these cravings. And I think your first and foremost from me is write down everything you actually love about Christmas that doesn't include alcohol and and remember that you're going to have a clear mind and enjoy that. Have you got any other tips? Probably what what would always say is remember that you why. So if you've got your pen and paper, you might as well do another list here and do um, why why you want to stop drinking. Why did you choose to stop drinking? Because I think it's really easy to forget, especially at Christmas, where if there is a little bit of pressure. And I think this year it's not just about you know like there's always family to dos and stuff at Christmas, and there's a lot more this year with politics and people having different opinions so just remember why you have stopped drinking yeah and the other thing you could do is get yourself a really nice glass um, and make it your glass and have whatever your drink of choice is whether that be water or whether it be an alcohol-free alternative in that glass and, and you know join in with the celebration just because you're not drinking alcohol doesn't mean you can't be involved in the celebrations Yes. And what was, there were another one that I was just going to say. Oh, say no. If you don't want to go places, just say no. It's okay. I'll let Boris say no for you. (laughs) (laughs) You might not be allowed out anyway. We're all grounded over Christmas. Yeah, it, I just think sometimes we feel pressured to go here, to go there, to do this. Like, just, you know, if you don't want to. And also, can I just, this is what I do every single new year, is um, obviously you know about me saging and stuff. And we've actually got a sober lounge this New Year's Eve from 7 till 9. So if anybody's on their own and doesn't want to be, because I know it's all right if you do want to be, but if you don't want to be, then come and join us at the Sober Lounge. We've got a quiz. Um, We're going to be doing some sharing, and it'll be really nice just to spend New Year's Eve with like-minded people. Bring your alcohol-free drinks, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we want you dressed up and everything, the full shebang, get your glitter on. Um, But also, New Year's Eve morning, I've done it for the last few years now, and it's... I always go for a walk up at the reservoir near me and it's beautiful, it's lovely and, um, yeah, just think about your mornings as well. Good tip, yeah, because getting up in those mornings, like my first Christmas, New Year's Day and Christmas Day mornings were just the best. Yeah, you're right, going for a walk and looking at people who are going, morning, and they don't really mean it. What (laughs) I mean is this is a bit early. (laughs) Yeah, and go bed. And if you don't want to stay up, go to bed. Yeah, nobody said you had to watch the fireworks at midnight. The rubbish yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, there will be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, just whatever you do, do it safely and enjoy it and, you know, have a, have a really lovely time. And yeah, just have Christmas your way. Don't conform. Don't conform with the drinkers. You don't need to do it. Never conform. <laughs> and, uh that's us done, I think, isn't it? That was a blunt end because I'm not good at saying goodbye. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, everybody. It was nice for us to have a little catch up. And I do apologise. I'm not like all the joys of um, Christmas. I think you've been wonderful, Lisa, even though you're not full of the joys of Christmas. Thanks, Alex. I've even got sparkly lights. Look. Yeah, it's better than my view behind. Yeah, I cut for my tired eyes. 
You look beautiful. Anyone who can't see Lisa, get over onto YouTube and have a look at her. She's lovely. No, please, <laughs> please, please do not do that. See you later. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.